0: Welcome into the Talking Tide podcast on the Pigskin Podcast Network. I'm Chase Goodbread, the sports columnist with the Tuscaloosa News, co host of Crimson Cover Television on WVUA 23, joined by Travis Ryer, the senior analyst at BamaOnline.com. You can get the Talking Tide podcast. Anywhere you like to get your podcasts, including Apple Podcasts, and as well on YouTube or Facebook. Our Twitter feed is talking underscore tide, T-A-L-K-I-N, no G underscore tide. Get links to all of our podcasts there. Quickly want to thank four sponsors: two local, two corporate. Peterbrook, Chocolatier of Tuscaloosa, North River Dental Associates. Raycon earbuds and DraftKings, more on all of those fine sponsors later in the program. We preview Alabama's home game against the Vanderbilt Commodores tonight uh, with the midweek podcast, the Crimson Tide opening its SEC slate against VU. And Travis, it's uh, it's a game where Vanderbilt comes in offensively despite a quarterback change Uh, with some confidence, averaging more than 40 points per game. Of course, they began the season with Mike Wright behind center. Uh, He was outstanding in uh, their big opening win against Hawaii, and they have since turned to a freshman, a highly regarded freshman, A.J. Swan, four-star recruit from uh, Canton, Georgia. He'll be coming to uh, Tuscaloosa Uh, looking to looking to make a name for himself he'll have a chance that's for sure
1: yeah he's got some nice pieces around him too that's what I like about maybe making that move to a freshman because you do have a veteran running back and Ray Davis uh, coming off a 100 yard rushing performance last week against Northern Illinois and Will Shepard man we talk about a lot of times games like this right you look at Vanderbilt's roster and you say well how many of those guys could either start or at least be significant contributors to Alabama? And I think Will Shepard at the wide receiver position is definitely one of those guys. And I think a couple of the linebackers might even qualify from that perspective.
0: To Ricky Wright, a former Alabama commitment at linebacker, as a matter of fact, a, uh, an Alabama native, uh, one of three on that starting defense, the nose guard, uh, is a uh, Alabama native as well. B.J. Anderson in that secondary. So, and, but, you know, Vanderbilt's recruited the state of Alabama fairly heavily over the years. It's not obviously the, you know, that that northern end of the state is pretty darn close to Nashville. So, uh, ge- geography-wise, uh, an opportunity for Clark Lay. And, and uh, you know, they, they've got three more starters from Alabama on this defense.
1: Yeah, I, I like their linebacker level. Uh also there in the inside with Anthony Orgy and Ethan Barr, and then they went to the transfer portal and brought in Kane Patterson from Clemson. So there are some areas of this Clemson football uh, excuse me, this Vanderbilt football team where they are certainly SEC competitive. They're getting some guys back too from su- some injuries and some suspension. So it's a good time of the season. If Vandy's gonna play Alabama. It needs to be in September because with the depth disparity between these teams, if these these clubs met in mid to late October or November, you don't know what you're going to get with with uh, Vanderbilt roster-wise after the midway point of the season. And I think Vandy does have a couple of injuries to keep an eye on with an emphasis on that offensive line. That's, that's not a good place to be down potentially a couple starters if it does play out that way Saturday night
0: no no definitely not alabama offensively um looking to find its identity still a little bit i think and that's not to say they've not been effective at times i mean if they put up a massive number of points uh against inferior competition only 20 of course against the texas longhorns but uh solidification on the offensive line still something alabama's searching for i think not only personal personnel wise uh, but also just in the overall performance and the wide receiver positions. Uh, also, I think a little bit up in the air, partly because they don't have everybody back yet. Still waiting on JoJo Earl, probably a couple of weeks away from his return to the lineup. Uh, still not clear what the transfer, Tyler Harrell, might be able to contribute to this offense. And so uh, those are a, a, a couple, continue to be a couple of areas where I, I think have a, a lot of Fan focus. Let's say,
1: yeah, I think wide receiver. You almost got the sense Wednesday post practice, Nick Saban's latest media opportunity, that Nick's getting a little tired of talking about it. Not who, in terms of who's not available. Uh, the question on Wednesday was about Aaron Anderson. We've we've heard about JoJo Earl, um, and, and I think for maybe one or two of those guys, are we getting to the point where? It's fork in the road time in terms of we're either going to hear from them soon or we're not going to hear from them at all during the 2022 season. Is it too early for that still, Chase? I think JoJo Earl is a guy we're definitely still going to hear from. But at what point do we get with Tyler Harrell and let's say Aaron Anderson where maybe the train has left the station for the 2022 season?
0: Yeah, uh, you don't necessarily get the sense that when healthy, he's just going to step right in and explode for this team, right? And and, and you don't uh, uh, you don't make that assumption. You never know. You wait and see. He hadn't got had a chance to get on the field yet. He hadn't been healthy. At the same time, uh, there was never a sense when he was healthy in the preseason, Travis, that he was just going to take over like there was with Jamison Williams coming out of Ohio State as a transfer a year ago. Nick Saban, uh, I believe, said in early August of 21, look, this this Jamison Williams kid is, is going to be a, a featured target, a, right. a featured skill guy for us. Uh, Tyler Harrell uh, still finding in his feet, I think, even when healthy.
1: Here's the thing that works in the advantage of a Tyler Harrell and why I don't think you can just – give up on that prospect uh, for this season at this point. They still lack twitch at the wide receiver position, right? Jermaine Burton, Treshawn Holden, Ja'Cory Brooks bring a lot of great things to the wide receiver position, but those aren't the twitchiest three wide receivers. And when I say twitch, I'm talking about explosiveness still. Uh, in, in college football so you, you never give up on speed and especially that kind of speed regardless but uh, for now anyway it looks like Alabama's riding with what they've got and as you outlined perhaps perhaps you see Jojo Earl uh, in the next week or two I certainly would love to have him for that road trip to Arkansas but if not then A&M and Tennessee back-to-back would be a good spot too
0: yeah, no doubt. And, and, and I think the running game continues to be a part of this discussion, too. Alabama's been uh, explosive in spots with the running game, which you kind of expect with a guy like Jameer Gibbs, uh, who is really kind of a powder keg of a running back with his speed and his open field ability. Uh, but you don't see this running game grinding down to down for four to six yards like we might have seen. Some of Nick Saban's earlier teams in Alabama, the consistency with that, not quite there yet. And so that's that's something as well to watch, I think, for uh, for this offense, if if they're uh, able to, uh, frankly, just push people around a little bit better, get a little bit more push up front and uh, get these backs two or three yards before their before their first contact, at least.
1: Yeah, and I think you know Vanderbilt this week. You look at them from a pass defense perspective; it hasn't been very good. They got lit up by Elon, an FCS program, a couple of weeks ago, and so um, similar to ULM last week, but maybe even as much or more so. Uh, this is an opportunity once again for the Alabama passing attack to get into more of a groove, more of a consistency. And you're right, though the run game that to me. The second half last week, understanding it was ULM, that was a very welcome sight offensively for Alabama because uh, they were taking chunks, four or five backs deep uh, in that game. And so it'll be interesting to see if they can carry that over because, again, at the linebacker level, at least Vanderbilt's going to offer you a legit SEC challenge on Saturday night.
0: Uh, Some players on the Alabama side of things that we've been seeing get a little bit more action of late, uh, get into the games a little bit earlier maybe of late. Uh, Terry and Arnold comes to mind. Deontay Lawson, the linebacker, comes to mind. Obviously, Tyler Booker at offensive guard. We discussed him a little bit on the Sunday nighter a few days ago. Uh, Among these guys and anyone else you can think of, Travis, who do you see as as maybe – a potential starter in waiting uh, or, or somebody who could maybe really be a huge factor for this team toward the end of the season when it, when it gets into crunch time.
1: Based on what we saw in the second half, I guess, of the Texas game. And then for the first couple of three quarters or really last week's game against ULM, it's hard for me to imagine Terry and Arnold not being back out there in that starting role opposite Kool-Aid McKinstry Saturday night. Um, Tyler Booker is pushing, obviously, at both guard positions. I think that's a luxury they have now, and knowing that if for whatever reason they feel like they need to go to him at left or right guard, they're going to be in really good shape. Uh, Amari Nyblak, he's an interesting dude at tight end because – No, there's been that need there for that additional tight end. Now, Kendall Randolph going back into that mix, you know, may have something to say about that. Uh, But Nye Black, especially as a guy that can give them something different. And we talk about this offense right now, and maybe some of the bumps in the road that they've encountered surely wouldn't hurt to have Jalil Billingsley circa 2020 available to you as a receiver from that position. And Cam Latu showed you last week, he's still capable of, of hitting some plays himself. So yeah, those are some of the guys I would lean towards Deontay Lawson. Uh, I think he's essentially considered a starter at this point by the coaching staff and Jaheim Otis, the true freshman on the nose. Yeah. Um, really, really establishing himself as a cornerstone piece for at least three seasons. And so you think about Alabama, you don't think as much about newcomers, especially true freshmen. Um, Although history tells us it happens almost every year, but it it seems like every year we're still surprised when it happens.
0: On the Kendall Randolph topic, Travis, it's interesting with this look he's had, he got it tied in last week, putting on that number 85, going back to a familiar spot for him and away from offensive guard. It is if he remains there, uh, it's going to be a major cut, obviously, in his snap count from being a starting guard. I mean, you, you know that extra tight end uh, in, in short yardage, maybe you're talking 8, 10 snaps, uh, not counting you know anything you might do on special teams, as opposed to 50 or 70 or however many at the offensive guard position. However, if Kendall Randolph can grade better, in eight snaps, ten snaps, as a, as a tight end, short yardage, whatever, uh, than he does as an offensive guard. Even if it's a whole lot more snaps you're getting out of him at guard, I think if Alabama uh, can can keep him at tight end and get better play from him, even though it's far less uh, snaps wise, uh, if a guy like Tyler Booker or whoever Cohen. Uh, can can step in and kind of fill the void at guard as well or better than than Randolph. Well, now now you're talking about that's where the benefit is, right?
1: Yeah, they're better in two spots with Kendall Randolph at, at tight end. If in fact what we're seeing from Tyler Booker and Javion Cohen and Emile Echior is you know how this thing's going to go moving forward i'll tell you who it hurts i think is robbie Oots. you know Oots was a guy with latou out and randolph at guard yeah and he was the top guy at the tight end position but now with latou back and randolph in that mix we saw them open the game last week in 12 personnel with randolph on the field alongside latou now they had the illegal formation penalty right off the bat but Yeah, you know, I think Kendall can be in some games anyway. He can get into the mid teens. I think they would like to run more 12 personnel, go with two tight end sets, but, you know, they just haven't had the numbers through the first couple of three games. But now with Kendall in that spot and maybe nine blocks emerging, I wouldn't give up on Oots either. Um, You know, they they probably feel like they have more uh, available to them in terms of personnel groupings.
0: Interactive moment here on the Talking Tide podcast. One of our commenters, Travis, uh, Paul Malone, questioning whether Alabama's receivers can get off of press coverage. Uh, He feels like the speed is there with these guys, doesn't see the route running, uh, and doesn't see these guys getting off of press. Thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, you know, and I guess Saban was asked about that on Wednesday, right? Getting separation against man coverage during his – press conference and he pointed to the two areas, whether it's your release at the line of scrimmage or if it's at the top of the route and coming out of your break. And, you know, I don't think there's a John Mechie in terms of a route runner in this rotation right now. Mechie was elite. Uh, But, you know, the standard is pretty high given the stretch that Alabama's come off of. And, you know, guys like Jerry Judy as route runners and Devontae, you're not just talking about freaks of nature in terms of speed and quickness and all those things. They were technicians. And so, you know, I think there's still something to be developed there from that perspective. I think there's some guys that came into Alabama with a lot of just physical tools, but in terms of polish, they weren't really close to Corey Brooks probably qualifies as a guy that You know, Brooks might be a better pro than he ever is at Alabama, if that makes any sense. Because he's just Mm going to get better and better, right? So, you know, there's a couple of things for it. But, yeah, I mean, it starts with, you know, look. Look at the guys they just went through. And this was inevitable at some point, right?
0: It was. Uh, The spread in this one, Travis, Alabama favored by 40 to 41, depending on where you're looking, the over-under 59. Both numbers – certainly the spread's too big for me i think the over under may, may may be a little bit much for me too i guess i'd if i had to go one way or the other give me those points and give me the under what do you what about
1: it yeah i'm kind of the same way i'm seeing uh 3 joseph bullivs field goals to keep this thing within the the 40 41 you know, Vandy in the last two meetings, it's like ninety-three to nothing, Alabama. <laughs> so right. I think I think Vandy will get off the shutout from the last two games and and score some points, but I, I don't see them scoring a ton. It's a tough spot for AJ Swan, a, a freshman quarterback. I was impressed with him against NIU last week, though. He he showed some moxie to go along with some obvious skills. a uh, little different beast this week. Um you know, it's just tough to say, though, too, because a true freshman quarterback scares me in terms of both taking the points and going under because we saw some non offensive touchdowns from Alabama last week. And uh, when I think about true freshman quarterbacks, the possibility of that for a second straight week comes to mind fairly quickly.
0: Alabama football schedule for 2023 came out this week as well, Travis. I'm going to. I'm going to check under is your... Is that,
1: by the way, is that one of the dumbest things the SEC does? A big schedule release for the next season when we're still in September of the current season? I mean, I get it, good bread, in terms of logistics and, you know, you have to have advanced sort of notification on these things. But let me get through September yeah. of the current season before you start dropping the 2023 schedule on me, right?
0: Well, and and take a page from the NFL's book, right? Don't, you know, do this, do it in February or so, you know, do it when there's nothing else going on. Do
1: it in December Uh, after the SEC championship game, before the bowl games, you got a gap there. I'm with you anytime from December to February. And maybe part of it is they don't want to detract from basketball season once it gets going, maybe, but there's got to be a better time.
0: Well, but you know what? If they followed your advice and did it in December, then the SEC basketball schedule hadn't even cranked up by then. That's yet. what I'm saying. That yeah. If
1: you do it in December, you're still in football mode.
0: Yes, your SEC teams are playing basketball,
1: but they're not in the conference schedule yet. Right. I don't that, know.
0: You're right. That's the time to do it. They, the brilliance of the National Football League's one thing that's, I guess it's obvious enough, but I really got an inside look at it, working for NFL.com for, for so long. The, the brilliance of it is, they've got something to feed fans yes. every single week on the calendar, whether it's in season, off season, yep. whatever. So they, they Keep the fervor going. Yeah, piece of so going to be meat on the bone. It's one way or another. Red meat, whether it's free agency trades, yep. news, Friday news dumps, discipline yeah. release, or whatever. Uh it's just it's they it's stay in the cycle. Yep. They stay
1: so, in the cycle, no doubt. And I it.
0: think the SEC does as good a job of that, certainly as any other conference, but yeah, there's an example where they could probably stretch things out a little bit and uh move some things around. Are you gonna check on under your, your historical Alabama football ah, right here, Travis? Okay. Um the Alabama football schedule for 2023, as you know. Includes a visit to USF. Uh, yes. As part, as part of a two for one game contract with uh, right. the South Florida Bulls. All right. The last time Alabama played a road game against a non power five, I'm going to give you, uh, I'm going to offer you one of two hints. I'll either give you the year or I'll give you what conference the opponent. Was in uh,
1: Give just, me give, give me the
0: uh, Or both I'll give you both No
1: again. just give me the year Because a conference should be pretty telling But give me the year to make it It should be a little harder that way
0: Year was 1992 Ooh,
1: Gosh how do Nash- I not mm, That was uh, wow. That was That was Tulane in the Super nice. Bowl
0: Nice.
1: Yes, yes, oh, that was a precursor of things to come.
0: <laughs> you hit they that, say that one in out of the park. Yeah. yeah, We yeah. don't script things here on Talking Tide. That was a blind trivia question. Well,
1: you know, you and I were both on campus back uh, in '92, so yes. yeah. that draft beer fog—I had to wade through there for a second. <laughs> you know, back when the hound's tooth was real. Damn it.
0: 37-0, the final score there. Oh,
1: some late nights uh, at the booth, my boy. Oof. Yes.
0: Yeah, Oof. no question about it. All right, the Talking Tide Podcast, moving on here. Uh, I gonna thank a couple of sponsors really quickly. Gonna start by telling you all about North River Dental Associates and former Alabama linebacker, Dr. Jack Smalley, and that fantastic staff of dental hygienists over there. They're gonna get your take. Get you taken care of with all your dental needs. Endodontic dentures, porcelain veneers, cosmetic dentistry, laser dentistry. Dr. Jack does it all. The teeth whitening services are extremely popular. Also offering Botox and Juvederm treatments to tighten up those facial features. Locations really easy to find right off of Watermelon Road at 1100 Fairfax Park, right next to West Alabama Pediatrics. You know where it's at. If you'd like to make an appointment, give them a call at 752-3506 or visit NorthRiverDentist.com. It is North River Dental Associates.
1: I'm going to tell you about Peterbrook Chocolatier out there at 1530 McFarland Boulevard north in the Indian Hills section of Tuscaloosa. So many great treats from which you can choose. Those hand-dipped chocolate-covered strawberries. They're dipped daily at Peterbrook Chocolatier. They got the Roll Tide treats, the Alabama-themed treats. You got a big home game. SEC opener coming up Saturday at Bryant-Denny Stadium. Separate your tailgate, your viewing party from all the rest. Employ the services of Peter Brook Chocolatier. Told you, holiday season right around the corner. They've got the Halloween stuff out already, but never too early to get those Christmas orders in. You can do that right now at 205. 7520211. Corporate orders, party orders, no order, too big, too small for Peterbrook Chocolatier, 1530 McFarland Boulevard North.
0: All right. uh, Up next, going to tell you a little bit about our corporate sponsor, DraftKings. The NFL action is in full swing at the DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers now can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. Make things even sweeter. You can throw down on stepped-up same-game parlays once per game day all season long. You just cannot beat that. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. You need to use the promo code TPPN, Pigskin Podcast Network Acronym, and they'll get you going free dollars with a $5 bet for new customers. That's promo code TPPN only at the DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NFL. And finally, going to tell you all about these Raycon earbuds. You cannot beat them. I've got a pair. Super in-ear fit with those things. The look is right. The feel is right. And the sound is fantastic with optimized gel tips for that perfect in-ear fit. Eight hours of playtime, 32 hours of battery life. It's no wonder Raycon's everyday earbuds now have more than 50,000 five-star reviews. They're just fantastic. So please uh, remember three customizable sound profiles, earbud tap functions, noise, noise isolation, and awareness mode as well. Go to Raycon.com today. Use the promo code TPPN15, and you will get 15% off of your Raycon order. That's TPPN15 at Raycon.com, and you'll score 15% off these outstanding Raycon earbuds. Travis, we're going to close out the show, as we always do, uh, taking a look at some of the top games around the SEC. There are three that stand above all others, I think, Florida at Tennessee, a traditional SEC East rivalry, Arkansas at Texas A&M, and Missouri at Auburn. Uh, a big game for Brian Harson. And, and, and I touched on this uh, in a couple of other media mediums earlier this week, Travis. Uh, we're going to find out what these players think of Brian Harson uh, at home against Missouri coming off of this embarrassing performance against Penn State. Uh I, I think I, I think we're gonna it, it, it'll be telling, I think, somewhat at least to see how Auburn comes out of the gate in that one for him.
1: Yeah, I think it is a character check game. Although I think maybe even the bigger concern is that what you saw from Auburn in terms of roster and quality in that thumping at the hands of Penn State tells you that it it, it may not matter. Now I like Auburn in the game at home, but and that's only because I don't think Missouri is very good. I, you talk about the worst teams in the league right now. I think these are two of them. Um, and Vanderbilt's in that mix as well. But yeah, you you, are, you just wonder though, if the ship has already sailed for Brian Harson. and, you know, there's always an opportunity to turn it around, get a win against Missouri. And then a really difficult stretch comes up for Auburn uh, after this week. So uh, you wonder where that line of demarcation is for Brian Harson, and if If it wasn't last week, then it could very well be this week.
0: Arkansas at Texas A&M. What strikes me about the Hogs and the Aggies there, Travis, is the difference in terms of, I think, pressure on these two coaches. Uh, It's a big – Sam Pittman can do no wrong at Arkansas, right? He's riding a wave there. A lot of capital with that fan base. Arkansas playing much better football under Sam Pittman than it has in quite some time. Other side of the coin, you got Jimbo Fisher making more than almost every coach in the college game. Has a loss against App State already. App State, an excellent program, but that's an embarrassing loss, obviously, for the Aggies. Now he starts his SEC, an SEC stretch. I know he just beat Miami, uh, only scored 17 points doing it last week. But if you're Jimbo Fisher and you drop this one, you're sitting with two losses before you even get out of September, Travis. I don't know. It, it, it's it's the heat on Jimbo. I think is about to fall this year.
1: Yeah, I think it's 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 here. It's certainly at the doorstep. And what's pretty amazing is that you know Sam Pittman's a, a actually got the the far better quarterback situation, right? If there was one thing you would expect from Jimbo Fisher, although sort of the end of his time at Florida State, it it didn't go that way either, would be that at this point, at this time in his tenure, the quarterback situation wouldn't be a major concern for Texas A&M. But it is. And you know, we saw Max Johnson step in there against Miami last week. He was solid, if not spectacular, took care of the football. Um, it might take more than that this week because K.J. Jefferson, Rocket Sanders, some emerging receivers for Arkansas on that side of the ball. They're capable of putting up some points on just about anybody. I think I think Arkansas secondary though is a major concern, conversely, with Jalen Catalan out. And um, you know, we'll see if is able to capitalize on it. But no, I this is almost start sort of a round robin, right? Between Alabama, Texas, A and M, and Arkansas. They all kind of see each other over the next two or three weeks here.
0: Florida at Tennessee. I kinda like the vols at home in this one, Travis, although the Gators just kind of seem to uh, have a way of getting in Tennessee's head. <laughs> right.
1: Just a little bit.
0: Yeah. yeah. Uh give me the vols at home. Uh I, I, I don't trust Anthony Richardson in that road game. So what what
1: yeah, yeah, I, I, I'm, yeah. history tells us not to touch Tennessee even in a situation like this. Uh, but I'm going to. I'm going with Tennessee. Uh, Florida makes it exciting, but you know, this is a tough spot on the road to go with Anthony Richardson, considering the sort of fragile fragility he seems to be dealing with, especially anytime he throws the football. You know, you're still seeing issues with him if you get him off his first guy, and especially if you're playing zone coverage against this guy, he'll throw it to one of your guys. And so, um, I'll be interested to see the approach Napier takes this week. Uh, I'll tell you this, Florida can run the football. And so that that gives them a chance. The concern I have for Florida defensively, sounds like Ventrell Miller, the starting middle linebacker, might be out once again for the Gators.
0: Yeah, looking at the series history right now between Florida and Tennessee, (laughs) uh, the Gators come in having won five straight in the series. Tennessee's last victory coming in September of 2016, and prior to that, Florida was on a one, two, three, four. Oh, five, it's
1: it's insane. Nine. Yeah,
0: it, it, ten or eleven before that.
1: Yeah, you look at what Florida and Alabama have done to Tennessee over the last fifteen or twenty years. It's yeah. uh, it's illegal in some states.
0: <laughs> Florida, uh, definitely in a, in a lot of states. Yeah. yeah. We're, uh, we're calling an upending of that, of that. Yeah, season, I think so. So. I both, so we shall yeah. see. All right. That is going to do it for this fun and action packed edition of the Talking Tide podcast. Be sure to join Travis and I uh, Sunday night when we recap Alabama's game against the Vanderbilt Commodores. Until then, for Travis Ryer, I'm Chase Goodbread of the Tuscaloosa News, and we'll talk to you then on Talking Tide.